0: Welcome to episode 27 of The Process, Believe and Become.
1: When I'm inside the booth Would you switch a change on me if you knew the truth Knowing I ain't the same person that was introduced Thank the Lord cause I don't look like what I've been through Here's a letter to you I'm back again Jesus on that cross I had to rise again Time to get my blessings, time to get my blessings I had to live my life, I had to learn my lessons I had to keep that smile but deep inside I'm stressing trying to keep my spirits from that deep depression it's time to tighten up I put my pride down and pick that bible up welcome to episode 27 of the process i am Quavon taylor
0: and i am amante martin uh today we have mr tabar smith on the podcast welcome to the podcast
2: bars uh, thank you for having me mr martin i really appreciate this opportunity i listen to y'all all the time hey, no problem can you tell the listeners where you are from so i'm from a small town small rural area named orangeburg south carolina uh it's between columbia and charleston so you get a little bit of city and you get a little bit of rural, but it's a great place to be um, very uh it's probably like 90 percent african-american so you get to see a lot of african-american movement uh, a lot of african-american establishments so yeah Great place to be, great place to raise a family. Shout out to The Bird. (laughs) Shout out to The Bird. Uh, What was it like growing up in The Bird? So The Bird was really different. I I really, uh, I moved to The Bird when I was 11. I'm originally from uh, Bamberg, South Carolina. It's like 15 miles away, hella rude. So, but when you move to Orangeburg, it's, it's a little bit urban, but you really see like Disparities in people. Like I, root, I grew up in a suburb of Orangeburg, South Carolina. After my mom died, my aunt took me and my sister in. So it was really tough um, to live in Orangeburg, South Carolina. If anybody knows, it's really tough. Most of my friends that I grew up with are either in jail, selling drugs. It's really tough to live in Orangeburg. Um, we are around two HBCUs Claflin University and South Carolina State. Orangeburg is really tough, um, especially like receiving resources, just going through the process. You you talked you talked about uh, you said your
0: aunt took you in after your mom passed. Um, what was that like? What were you raised with, mom and
2: dad, or just your mom? Uh, how was how was that going up? So after my mom died, um, when I was nine, uh, my father was never around, but. My father was in and out of my life. I, I can't say he was never around, but he was in and out. But my aunt didn't have a wife. She had a son. She took me and my sister in. Um, so after she took us in, uh, she moved us to a better environment in the suburb in Orangeburg. And we actually you know, got better schooling. But it was really hard. Um, I ain't gonna lie to you. My aunt was a, a business owner. So she was a an entrepreneur. Uh, she did hair for a living and sometime the money will be up and sometime the money will be down. But my aunt taught me how to be a leader. So it was really the upbringing that she brought to the table that really established my leadership skills and how I present myself and how I go about things and how I approach people. and Just all my mannerisms and how I should take education serious. and how I should go about things. So yeah, my my aunt was really a, a two in my my life. In uh, my family, they say my my great grandmother, which well, she's still alive, she's the prayer warrior and my aunt is really the CEO. So I really follow her status and she's really uh I really thank her for taking this sacrifice for taking me and my sister in.
0: So if you don't mind me asking, you know what happened to your mom? You know how was that? How was it losing her at an early age? You know, are you still a child? Are you still a, you know growing up yourself?
2: When I lost my mom, it was heartbreaking. I mean, I really didn't feel that at first because you nine years old, you're not gonna really feel it. Um, I re- I still remember walking in the infirmary at the hospital, seeing my mom the day that she she died. And She died in a car accident, so it was kind of brutal. And I saw her body, and I was crying my eyes out. But later on, you know, I just because I was crying, you know, you know, African Americans how their funerals later on, five days, six days after. Yeah. So I really didn't feel the feel it until later on in my life, and I realized like, you know, my mom died when she was 26, so I'm 26 now, so. You know, one of my goals was just to make it till I was 26 because, you know, that's all I saw, you know, my mom did. You know what I'm saying? And she she had two kids. She had one on. She was pregnant when one when she died. So that really sparked me to do three things first, which is God, family, and career. My mom was very instrumental in my life because I feel like the best thing that, you know, my mom, Best thing that ever happened to my life was my mom dying, so me and my sister can get a better opportunity to live better and to have a, like a better quality of life. So my mom dying is it's kind of like the breaking point of me having a better life. You know, blessing in disguise of her sacrifice, man. I know that's kind of tough. Yeah. Um, I'm
0: just thinking about my wife. Um, she went through a similar situation when her mom passed away when she was like, in high school and you know at that age you know like you said you, you probably you probably numb to it you probably don't understand what's going on but later on you kind of reflect on it man and, and, and know that it was a sacrifice and know that you know god got you regardless right right right
1: to take me back to a day in the life of orangeburg like growing up like how was it
2: uh orangeburg was great growing up because you really didn't see the disparities um, you just, you know, you're a kid, you know, you don't really study it. So like you're going into, you're playing rec league, you're playing rec football, you're going to school, you know, like I used to live in a great neighborhood, so I really didn't see like, you know, like too much, but growing up in Orangeburg, um, it's pretty dope. You really don't really notice that there's two colleges there the colleges this is kinda hidden. Um, they're only like their own separate world. But the kids is really um, active in sports and arts. Uh, and they really try to like, you know, the parents really try to get the best out of them, try to get them to go to the best schools. If it's not Clapham or at South Carolina State University or if it's not uh, somewhere close, they try to get them to go to the better schools. But that was during my time. Recently, we had like almost 10, 15 shootings in the last two weeks in Orangeburg. So it's different now, you know, I ain't been there and since Christmas, so.
1: So, Sbaris, so why did you choose South Carolina State?
2: Oh, uh, cause I chose South Carolina State because um, I was already working in politics in um, South Carolina. I work at, um, I was working in uh, my mentor was a state representative. I worked on my first campaign when I was um, in 11th grade. Then he hired me as a legislative aide, and and in, um, in 12th grade. Then my freshman year, um, I, I was I was hired as a legislative aide again. By him. so I just felt like I had to stay there to make my community better. Um, I think some people just leave their community and don't try to, you know, try to go come back and you know, go to school there. But I feel like the biggest way was to do uh, was to make my community better. And another reason is my mom was a single parent. I got accepted to Morehouse. I got accepted to Tuskegee, which I really wanted to go. Um, I got accepted to a lot of different other schools, but um my aunt was a single parent and if tuition high like i'm not gonna you know struggle my aunt to actually pay that tuition even though i was like the first you know male to go to a four-year college in my family so that was that was big to me but you know at the same time like how can i afford a four-year college and my aunt is struggling so that was there's two of the main reasons why I went to suck in the state. One, I had wanted to make my community better. And two, I can't afford to go out of state. <laughs> so it was it was really like that. It was really like that.
1: What was the relationship like with your father?
2: So my father was in and out of my life. My my father really battled with drug addiction. Um but after a while after he got right uh uh, mentally and physically and and spiritually, uh, I try to build a relationship with him. My eleven, my junior year, through uh, through faith. You know what I'm saying? So right now, uh, we we really trying to uh, do that through faith. But he was in and out of my life. I'm not gonna say he was there. I'm not gonna say he was wasn't there, and I'm not gonna say he was there, but. He was in the middle, to say the least. And having him in the middle and not uh, having a real male role model until I met my mentor in 11th grade, I really struggled through uh, trying to see who I really was during that time. So my father, he wasn't really there, but he was a great person. He, he, he is a great person, to say the least.
1: So Tabaris, how important is, how, how important do you feel mentorship is to the youth right now?
2: Oh, mentorship is the key. Um, To say that mentorship helped me actually, my mentors was great for me. Um, When I didn't have money to uh, fulfill my college goals and my aunt was struggling at the time, my mentor helped me. And it's not even about that. I feel like you shouldn't have like mentors about just to help you financially you should have mentors to help you uh spiritually mentally physically. Uh, you should have different character uh, categories of mentorship um that's one thing i pride myself on uh, my mentor was great he's now the uh the black caucus chair of south carolina uh, he's been a representative since uh 30 years and that's my primary mentor but we talk about everything. We talk about uh, spirituality. We talk about family. We talk about career, and we talk about just life in general. So mentorship is really the key to successful, uh, to success. And I feel like if you don't have a mentorship, uh, mentor by say seventeen, you should definitely uh, seek to get one. And and it's, you don't have to be your primary mentor at, at time, but you should definitely seek to get a mentor. Uh, I agree. You know, mentoring
0: is important, Um, especially when you're trying to do something. Like you say, you're the first male in your family to go to college. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you need that guidance.
2: Uh, What did you choose to study at South Carolina State and why? So I chose to study business economics because during the time, it was 2011. I know y'all remember when the economy was bad. So I chose, like... All my life, I, I feel like I was trying to tackle big issues. If, if you think about it, like, you know, in and, and undergrad, I did economics. Um, um, in high school, I was an organizer and, you know, trying to get out of the boat. In um, and, 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 um, graduate school, I did um, urban planning, which a lot of African-Americans don't going in that field. It's like 8% of African Americans in that field. So I, I try to tackle local problems. Uh, I, I look at how the world is and how the world's going to be in the next like 10 to 20 years. So uh, I chose business economics and my professors was great. Um, I, I learned about uh, microeconomics uh, to micro to Uh, local economy to national economy to the world economy Um, i learned about uh how to orchestrate a business um, because um i did multiple classes in marketing to agribusiness to um to uh management and that's one thing i love about um uh, HBCUs—they really nurture you to be a better professional. I'm very advocate of HBCUs because they nurture you to actually be a professional in your field, or you know, to drive to uplift the Black community in a way. So shout out to HBCUs: uh, um, South Carolina State, Claflin University, and Alabama Alabama a and University can't forget, forget about Florida and them University. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry.
1: Can't skip Tuskegee neither now.
2: Shout out to Tuskegee and shout out to Howard and, and nah, shout out grow- to uh, Alabama State. Everybody in the South. Nah, I'm joking
1: up. with you. <laughs> so, bars, um, a young, a young a young, a young, dude that grew up in Orange, 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 Orangeboro? Orange, Orangeboro. Yeah, it's Orangeboro. Uh, South Carolina that's uh, on the verge and in between like quitting and giving up uh, on life because they went through the similar situation that you went through, thriving and keep moving forward.
2: You said what advice I "I would
1: give them? What advice would you give them?
2: Yeah. It's all about faith, man. Like, like, uh, what's the Bible first? Faith is so small as mercy can move mountains. Like, That's kind of what I live by, man. You got to understand, like, you got to understand a higher power. Uh, You got to choose the right people to hang around. That's the key. Choosing the right people to hang around. Choosing the right people to get advice from. Because, you know, we got some old dummies now. So, you can't just think, just because age, age don't bring wisdom. You got to choose the right people. You got to sort the right people out. You got to choose, uh, the right uh, clubs to hang around. We had, at our high school, we had different uh, social groups. So we had like uh, a capital league, we had like a HLS. And that was important because it, it shows mannerism, that shows professionalism. Um, just stand out, be be yourself. That's the those some of the toughest things I could say, like be yourself. I remember when I was younger, when I used to get in trouble, my aunt used to be strict on me, like, really strict. Like, if I got in trouble in school, and the next day I had to dress up for three or four days. And dress up, you, you know, like, in 2008, 2009, people were in tall T's. So you, I'm dressing up. So, I mean, that made me look different, but I didn't realize that what that was doing to me. That, that was really making me sh- you know, in that line. So just, like, you know, try to be yourself. To the most part, like, like, be original. Don't, don't have to follow nobody. You know, choose the right friends, choose the right mentors, choose the right people to be around, choose the right people to take advice from. It's all about a choice. So, like, yeah, that's the best advice I can give you. Be a choice and work hard in school. Like, from ninth grade to twelfth grade. Yeah. Our
1: podcast is titled. Trust the process. I know you know that. So, what does trust the process mean to you?
2: Uh, trust, pr- trust the park, uh, process means to me just having faith, having faith, believing in yourself, understanding your surroundings, understanding like a zip code don't determine your de- uh, success. Uh, understanding everything, like understanding everything you ever thought that you understand. Um, It's all about uplifting and being yourself, man, like, I can't stress that enough. Just be yourself. I I see that a lot, like, people just, the internet rush a lot of people. Social media rush a lot of people. So, like, just trying to be yourself. Like, don't think because he got a, a, he or she got a, a $80,000 job, that don't mean that you need an $80,000 job. Focus on a career, not a job. Focus on like the little things. Focus on big, bigger things than the simpler things. That's the best thing I, I could say uh about trust the process because that really, you know, I trust everything. And life is all about sacrifices, you know, like, you're gonna have to sacrifice something to get something. It's all about a trade-off. So understanding that too.
0: So you, you talked about, you know, your mom passing away, your aunt took you in, you know, I can identify with, you know, being raised by a single mother. Um, what was it like being raised by a single mother, single aunt, um, and what did that do for your perception of
2: women? So my perception of women really, really uh, was appreciated. Um, I was raised by raised by mostly women in my life, so it made me really appreciate what women have to go through, um, what women have to uh, endure to actually achieve their goals. It made me appreciate women so to the utmost respect, to the point where, like, I respect my aunt just because the woman that she was, she was she she is and she, she was and like. And my mom was young when she took us in she was 20, 24, 25. So I really appreciate her just trying to help me and my sister, because it made me just realize that like, women take a lot of sacrifices. So like, even when it come through everything, like from, from, uh, from work to career to school to everything. So like I really appreciate women, and I like I understand what women go through every day.
0: So I, I was raised, like I said, I
2: was raised single
0: parent home, you know, either with my grandparents or my mom. And you know, you get you get so used to to the Like I don't want to say the familiar, but you get so used to you know your aunt and her ways, and you know that's your parent. You come home. You know, she's helped with your homework, she's the one, you know, disciplining you, everything. So when you grow up into the man you are today, as Tabar Smith, you know, the master student, you know, how is that building a relationship with your dad, knowing that, you know, he's a parent, he's your parent, you know what I'm saying? He but you, you never got to establish that that father-son role. Like what relationship do y'all have today? And like how was that established?
2: Like, was that? Well, like I said, like I said earlier in the podcast, I think it's established by uh, spirituality Um, because my aunt and my grandmother taught me not to treat no man or no woman different, treating them with respect. And I think that mannerism just helped me out to like figure out, to figure out who I was like as a man. Like I'm going to respect every man until, you know, I'm going to get every man respect until they disrespect me. So, like, my mom and my mom was, my mom taught me the same thing before she died. So, I, I think that mannerism just showed me that at the end of the day, he's a man. And even though he respect me, that's still my father. So, I have to try to build a relationship with him no matter what. And if it's through spirituality, in which I feel like that's the best thing to actually build a relationship through, that's great. Like that can be a great move because, like, I just want to get right with him through spirituality more than uh, physical. Other than him, him giving me something, or you know, I, I'm not really feeling that, you know, that giving. I, I really want to. right with him like mentally and spiritually so yeah I respect him just because like I respect every person that can come across me. I was taught that.
0: So congratulations from graduating from Alabama AM uh with your master's in urban regional planning. Uh what is urban and regional planning and you know why did you choose that degree that career path?
2: So urban and regional planning uh I appreciate Monty uh Urban and regional planning is pretty much social engineering of a community. You un- you understand the ins and outs of local government, state, and national government how they operate. Um, so you talk about like comprehensive plans. You talk about site planning. You talk about zoning to the next level. you talk about policies that really affect uh, minority and vulnerable communities. So. Uh, what made me choose that route? Because I did economics in undergrad. and I really wanted to get close to uh, economic development because I saw my community back home in Orangeburg struggling with economic development. So I really had wanted to get uh, close to the economic development spectrum. And I chose A&M because first of all, it's only three African-American uh, HBCUs in a nation that got urban planning is only 86 uh urban planning programs in the country 16 with a uh with a um undergrad program so and m have both masters and masters and undergrad program so that really drove me to a and and i always want to go to skiggy shout out to my Tuskegee people i always want to go to skiggy and undergrad so i was saying okay i just go to and m and Huntsville is a different city uh it's close to uh a lot of um areas like Memphis uh nashville atlanta um birmingham so i was in a good in a good space to actually network and yeah so i really got every plan to actually uh like i say in the early uh podcast i like to like Tackle problems, not to like uh, go across, like not to uh, run away from problems. So, urban planning was pretty much it for me. Uh, I really got excited about the whole idea of doing urban planning, and, and then it's a, it's not a lot of people that go into public service that that have urban planning degrees. If I'm not mistaken, it's only like uh three people ever to serve in congress with urban planning degrees and it's not that many african-americans that got urban planning degrees which is uh eight percent and like 30 percent of african-americans that graduated uh that graduated with an urban planning degree are that they came from Af- uh hbcus that that really mattered to me you know the whole pride thing and the whole thing that try to uh, try to stabilize the community, and when you come just dis- from a distressed uh, community, you understand the ner- no, you understand it, you know. So yeah, that's what made me choose like Urban Planning. They talk about poverty and economic development, and unemployment, and transportation, and healthcare. It's a broad, it's a broad fear field. So that what really made me uh, got into the Urban Planning degree in uh, every kind field.
0: You know, being a, the first male in your family to go to college and here you are, a master's degree student, uh, you, you, you know what I'm graduate, saying? Graduate, graduate, graduate. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> graduate, you, you're a graduate. So you got the MS behind your name. Um, how was that, you know what I mean? For someone, it's unfamiliar, you know what I mean? How was that process for you going through college, undergrad, master's? Um, did it get hard? What did you do when it got hard? You know, how did you get through it? What was that process like?
2: The process was really, really, really tough. Uh, I ain't gonna lie to you, because I really didn't have, like, the whole idea of, like, guidance, you know? Just going through it just made me realize like I could persevere, you know? But my program, my uh, my master's program was really three years. I finished in two. To tell you the truth of Monty, I really, I don't really feel accomplished yet. once you get like, you know, once you realize it's just like a short-term goal, you're really, really trying to reach the long-term goal. So like, I really don't feel accomplished yet to say the least. I feel like, of course, like, my family look at me as I'm accomplished, but I really don't feel accomplished too much to say, Hey, I made it, you know, which I tell you my, my biggest goal was to try to make it until I was 26. I'm 26 now with two degrees. So, you know, you don't really feel accomplished. It's like you want bigger and better. And I'm, I'm just, I'm just uh, eager for more. And I'm trying to tackle more, and try to tackle more problems.
0: So who is the bar Smith today?
2: It's funny that you asked me that uh, question. Uh, so when I was a little boy and my family used to call me BB, but I never really knew what it really mean. I used to keep hearing his name BB, BB, BB. Then somehow it got into like schools, like, yeah, that's BB. And I was like, What? I don't understand it. <laughs> and like, but now that, you know, I tackle, like, you know, I was running after goals that I want to tackle and I, I wanted to do so much. I created this new thing thing for Bibi which is believe and become. Uh, like, I really feel like that's what I did. I, I believe, I'm a believer and I'm becoming. Like, I'm be- becoming the person I want to be. I'm believing in the person I am. Tabaris is BB. He in he becoming.
1: You know, I got a good uh, feel of who Tabaris <laughs> is. Uh- but now you could finish yeah, what's okay. going on. Like, who Tobar is? Like, I don't know who Tabaris is today. Like, I mean, like spiritually, yeah, mentally, I'm... like uh, physically, do you work out? Do you uh, do you look? Do you have a female? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Companion? Like, I mean, how you, your views on life You know who is Tobar today?
2: So, yeah. So, really, I'm just believing and becoming. Uh, I'm trying to become a better man, uh, spiritually, uh, physically, mentally, uh, emotionally. I'm just trying to be a better man. Uh, I'm trying to keep God first. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to keep uh, my family second. I'm trying to keep my career third, and I'm trying to just go from there. I feel like I am the person that my mom want me to be. That's the person I am today. The person that my mom want me to be. Um, I saw. So many uh, friends that I went to school with, that's that's went to jail and that's in the prison system, can't get good jobs. And some of my friends now, they hit me up like, you know, how can you, how can I be like you? And I was like, don't, you don't want to be like me. I, I want you to be yourself. And I think the whole identify, the whole uh, early stages of identifying myself, helped me become who I am today. You know, because my, my mom didn't, my aunt didn't force a religion on us or spirituality on us. It was, it was learned by our, our own conscience. Um, my aunt didn't really, she didn't have time to talk to us about uh, what we going through and like She was always at work. So we had to figure that out by ourselves. She didn't taught us, you no, know, she would put us in right sports, but that's not really getting right, you know, physically, but, and somewhat, but she she was made sure that we had to find our way to home from, from games, middle school games, and that's who I am. The person that my, the person I was raised to be helped me become the person I am today, because it taught me a lot of dependency for myself, and taught me a lot of self-motivation and how to go get this and how to go get that. It taught me a lot.
1: So, Tabaris, are there any last words you want to leave with the listeners?
2: Yeah, uh, it's this old African saying, if, if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go together. And I feel like you can't go nowhere without, you can't be successful without people around you, great people around you uh how to manage your time, how to go about things, the drive, and all that consider like the people around you motivating you. I got great friends, I got a great family that wanna see me do good. And and we we have to always remember that if we don't have those things in place, we have to get a better in a better space so we can actually motivate to, you have to is, aspire to inspire. Those are some of the words like I want to leave. Like don't give up when you have, when you have a rough night in the morning, you got to get up the next day and hold your head up high and and do do, do God's work. Whoever whoever your God is, be, be mindful that someone out there is struggling uh, worse than you, and it's always bigger than you. Like when you go into something, when you're probably the only black person at work, or when you are, you probably you feel you feel like you can't identify. Don't worry about it. It's always bigger than you. You gotta understand that you have to be a person that you are, so people can understand you. And I feel like. Don't really forget where you come from, man. Like, understand that you gotta donate somehow. Feel like how you can do it. I work on campaigns since I was like tw- in 2016 to 2010 to-, to 2016. I-, I try to change my community everywhere I could, like, and still trying to do it, like. But you gotta understand, like, you gotta, you gotta make your community better to the highest extent, and. Try to try to make it grow man, and try to better it. Right, don't forget where you come from. Understand a higher power. right? that's the key. If anything else, I don't don't say that's the key. Uh, understand a higher power and to be good at something, you got to put in ten thousand hours. Right, to be great at something, not to be good. To be great at it, you got to be at least 10,000. So subscribe to that 10,000 every day. Like, all right, putting in my 10,000. Do that. Uh, you got to have hope. You got to have courage. You got to have uh, faith. You got to have perseverance. There's so many adjectives I can use. But that's all I want to leave to y'all. I feel like uh, it, was, it was great talking to y'all. and I look forward to seeing y'all in the future.
0: But well, thank thank you for joining us, Tabars. Uh, where could the listeners find you, you know, if they want to connect um, on social media or email, anything like that?
2: You can find me at Tabar Smith at IG, and you can find me at Tabar Smith at Twitter. Uh if you need if you need to email me, you can find me at D at gmail.com.
0: This concludes episode 27 of the process. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and to like us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Thank you. And they're chanting, trust the, trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process.
1: I think the main thing for me was trying to decide on who am I and like what I want to be and how I want to be remembered. Like, that was my thing. You know, oftentimes I think about, like, my legacy and, like, the mark that I want to leave, not only on the industry, but the effect that I want to leave on people. Being a whole human being, going through my obstacles, going through the things that I'm going through, and not to only broadcast these things, but for it to inspire you.